Don't you worry, don't you worry, child. See, heaven's got a plan for you. Don't you worry, don't you worry now. Yeah. Welcome to Holy Prophets Radio, a business show that applies God's word to your work. Discussing business basics ranging from starting your own company to complex human resources challenges. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule, archive shows, helpful downloads, and much more at leadingforachange.com forward slash radio. Now, get ready to take your company to the next level by applying biblical truths to your work with Holy Prophets Radio, hosted by Bradley Waldrop. Hey, good morning, and welcome to the program. Uh, this has been an amazing week for Holy Prophets Radio. We've had lots of irons in the fire this week, and I just wanted to open up and say that I did participate in the National Day of Prayer here in town in Asheville, and it was uh, refreshing to be able to see leaders of our community, whether they be business leaders or political leaders, uh, church leaders from our community, get together and uh, without denominational divides, without... Um, uh, worrying about all of the details, they just sat and prayed and called out to God to uh, to bless this particular community, uh, bless this nation, bless this country, um, and uh, I, I just want to say that that was that was really great for me, and uh, really appreciate that. Because of that, actually, we're going to have some additional guests come on this show uh, throughout this summer, and I think that uh, you're going to be um, I think you're going to be blessed by having them here. I know that I am to ju- just know them and know their heart. Uh, also, uh, this week has been kind of neat because we've been able to book uh, a number of, of uh, guests coming on our show. We're going to have Kevin McCracken, who is the COO of Social Imprints from San Francisco, on the show, and he's going to talk about what a triple, line, a triple bottom line company is or a social enterprise and some of the challenges involved in trying to integrate those cultures uh, put together. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to that. It's going to be airing in May, uh, May 18th. Uh, right after that, we're going to have one of our own local marketing consulting companies come in, and Ann Lazo is going to be on the radio with me on the 25th. And then we're going to have uh, a gentleman, a young gentleman named Pierce Curran on the show, and he's going to talk a little bit about what life is like in a, in a quickly accelerating startup business, uh, startup ministry actually, which is called uh, Scaly Adventures. We'll have another local um, representative from our business community here uh, trying to figure out how to integrate business into um, the rehabilitation process of of, uh, children in foster care. And uh, I think that that's going to be a really neat uh, conversation. And then last, but certainly not least, uh, just just booked this week is a lady named Sherry Harris who wrote a book called Walking in Faith. It's a little bit about how to live out your faith and sort of the stories of faith at work uh, through her experiences. And I'm really looking forward to all of that. I think that, that uh, it's certainly going to bless me. I, I hope that it blesses you at the same time. And then we're also... Um, uh, Amazing things have happened. I'm going to be on uh, television on June 6th with an interview with Atlanta Live with Rick and Tanya Curran. And I'm just excited about that, being able to come and tell my story a little bit, a little uh, story about what Holy Prophets Radio means to me. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just just being able to expose a new market to what we do. Um, there's going to be um, mid midsummer another interview on TV uh, with a uh, Channel 16 in Greenville Spartanburg. So we're getting a, a lot of attention, which is really fantastic. God's uh, gotten some amazing plans for this show. It's certainly not about me because I, I don't even know these people. 
<laughs> but it's really great and uh, an awful lot, of, awful lot of fun. I know that I'm certainly encouraged uh, in all of that. And last week, if you missed our show, we were talking about business liability insurance that lasts. Uh, that business liability insurance that last lasts is um, is really the the faith. Uh, that Joshua showed us uh, as he was going through the conquest era, as he was conquering Canaan. And uh, we're going to talk this week a little bit about this next era in the Bible and how to apply it directly to our work. And, and that next era in the Bible is, is the Judges era. The Judges era is this this piece of time that's sort of sandwiched between when Joshua came to um, to conquer the Canaanites and before the first monarchy of King Saul, uh, before King Saul was anointed as king or um, or uh, his coronation ceremony. And uh, so there's a, a, a time period here where uh, we've been through, we're seeing in, in history all, a lot of battles, a lot of struggle, a lot of, uh, a lot of death, a lot of uh, challenge to get established. And, um, and we, there, there has not been uh, anybody other than God in that authoritative position over the Israelites. And so this period of time in the Judges talks a little bit about that. And uh, it's important to, to understand it because there are actually lots of parallels between the Judges era and today in that there have been lots of struggles uh, in the Judges era or just before the Judges era in order to get established. And they have sort of forgotten who God is in their lives. They've forgotten what the rules are. They, they have... Um, they have allowed the culture around them to own them rather than them to stand for themselves. It's, it's a, a stark contrast between what they were doing in Egypt before the Exodus and kind of binding together and and paying close attention to their own culture. Now they've decided that uh, you know the, the, the land is theirs and they can kind of do what they want and there was a remnant left behind uh, that Joshua didn't um, didn't complete all of the tasks that he was asked to complete. Uh, and, and that's important because what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about what it takes to finish well. And no matter how well we finish, we're setting up this, um, this culture. We're setting up an example. We're setting up um, a, a series of events and consequences to those things that we choose to act on and those things we choose not to act on. And it is our choice. Uh, and, and it was Joshua's choice to not follow all the way through and completely obliterate uh, the population of the Canaanites when he moved into Canaan. And because of that, there was a remnant behind, and that remnant was culture. And that culture is in uh, stark contrast to what was happening or what God wanted, what God's plan was for his people. So... Um, you know, if you if you go and you look at just simply the first three chapters of Judges, and and really we're going to concentrate on two two verses. Uh, uh, the two verses are um, Joshua three verse one and verse two. It's um, it, it's pretty pretty basic, but it what it talks about in those verses is that uh, there was. Joshua's lack of obedience, and, and it left consequences for those t folks that were left behind to have to deal with and to have to endure. It also shows that God uses those consequences to test our own loyalty to him. And then um, the last bit in there is that God shows us that there are silver spoons, um, or there is a sort of silver spoon mentality uh, that can exist in there. So, 
Um, before we get into all of those details, you know, what I wanted to share a little bit was a little story about just not finishing well. And it's a kind of a crazy story. It has very little to do with business, but it has uh, sort of universal applications. Um, uh, before I came out to Asheville, and I guess maybe even uh, still currently, uh, I, I struggle with idolatry. I don't know how many other people out there struggle with idolatry, but uh, when I was living in Southern California, I was the uh, consummate overachiever. I had to figure out how to grab the next brass ring, and I did. I successfully grabbed lots of brass rings. In grabbing those brass rings, I advanced very quickly in uh, corporate America. I was uh, the youngest partner in an engineering firm. I was uh, the youngest operations manager in a mega organization, multi-billion dollar uh, organization, uh, international. And every time I got into a new position, it was as if I couldn't get enough. I had to have the right car. I had to have the right jewelry, the right suit. Um, I had to know the right people. I had It was sort of this search for fame and fortune, and I had put up these idols in front of me that were significantly different than what God would have for my life. So in all of that, one of those idols was a big house, and in Southern California is pretty popular for those of us who um, were in corporate America to live in these McMansions. Uh, I lived in the McMansion, and uh, uh, it was a lot of pain and heartache. Uh, it was certainly something that I don't want to do. I live in a house much, 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 much smaller than that now, uh, less than half that size. And it, it's actually great because uh, the repair costs and the amount of time it takes to, to get those things fixed is, is fantastic. Uh, it it doesn't, doesn't take a lot of time and energy, and I don't feel like I'm a slave to the home. But when I did, uh, when I when I was living in this McMansion, uh, one of my tasks when we first moved in was to paint the inside of the house, and so I started uh, room after room after room after room. And man, I'm the king of starting things. So I could start that and start another business and start uh, organization, start a ministry, start lots of different things. And pretty soon, uh, I just stopped finishing things. One of the things that I stopped finishing was this house. Uh, I eight years later there was still a 3x3, three 4x4 three, four four, uh, square in the very top of a vaulted ceiling uh, up against the wall that was not painted. And I tell you what, for eight years, that thing plagued me. It was, um, it was an embarrassment. Every time someone come over, they would say, oh, it looks like you're painting. And my wife would look at him and say, no, actually, he stopped painting eight years ago. Um, it, so, you know, we, it's, it's a nagging feeling to know that things are sort of still left over. And I'm not sure if you're in, you know, in that position in your business and kind of how that looks for you, but, you, you know, you might be that visionary in business that is all about the flavor of the week. You know, you have a new policy, new procedure, you never really follow it through, you have this really great idea, you want to go a certain way, you have a new business uh, plan, you have a new team you want to launch, and you just sort of get the foundation of it uh, sort of started, and then, and then you don't even find a team to do it for you, you just sort of let it go. Uh, you end up developing this reputation of the flavor of the week, the person who can't follow through. And you're setting an example in your organization. And, and uh, with all of that, you know, that's a big challenge for us, especially in the entrepreneurial spirit. We've got to be a balance of entrepreneur and manager and technician. And it's hard to go back and forth uh, with, without, uh, you know, come, uh, bringing a team around us. So that might be a challenge for you. You know, if you are a, a leader that doesn't delegate, oftentimes your to-do list gets to be so long that you just physically can't finish things and, th and that uh, breeds a culture internally. Uh, whether or not 
you know, you're the only one at the company that, that knows all the information. You know, knowledge is power, and some of us are power hungry. And with all of that hunger, sometimes we uh, we don't do what we're supposed to do. And um, in sharing the information so other people can do it, it makes us feel more valuable. And that and that actually can be some idolatry. And, and, and with that, think a little bit about that idolatry, the challenge that I have uh, in and wanting to be liked, uh, wanting to have the nice things, uh, wanting to have the fame and fortune, people know who I am, and that uh, for some reason or another that makes me feel like I have value. So um, my, my, my own dysfunction is that I can have a really long to-do list because it makes me feel more important rather than really understanding who God made me. So, uh, you know, that, that can certainly sidetrack uh, business and, and it can adjust the culture in any organization. Um, one of the last uh, items in there, if, if you're a family-owned business and you're ready for a succession plan, and that succession plan includes one of your kids, and you haven't asked them to participate in working their way from the bottom up in an organization and earning their way, you can establish a silver spoon mentality. And, and when you do that, you're going to see as we go into this next segment here, we're going we're gonna to talk about how that, that really affected um, how that really affected the uh, the Israelites and and it affected their commitment. So, um, you know, think a little bit about that. And and then is God really testing your loyalty to His plan for your business? And if so, how? Uh, we're going to talk about all of those things when we get back from the break. Uh, so don't go anywhere, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Holy Prophets. Uh, we appreciate you coming back and listening to us. Before we went on our break, we were talking about what life looks like in the cultures we develop when we don't finish well. And uh, very specifically, we were talking about this judge's era and the first couple cha- uh, first couple verses in the third chapter of the book of Judges simply, simply uh, gives us a real clear picture that... Um, Joshua's lack of obedience in following through and completely capturing and annihilating the population of Can- of Canaan when they when when they conquered Cana, uh, Canaan was a um, it was a lack of obedience and that lack of obedience he, they, they, Joshua didn't follow through and by not following through he left these consequences for others to endure and that was the temptation to adopt a local culture which uh, was certainly prevalent, a temptation to adopt local idols and, and the idolatry that, that existed there. Um, and then uh, there was also this temptation to ignore the price that was paid by the families during the war. Um, you know, it was sort of the easy life now that, uh, that you know, we, we mostly con- conquered the, the territory and uh, there were multiple generations in there that really didn't have an appreciation for what happened. Uh, there was a temptation to build an empire that was self-serving and not God-focused. Uh, so that those temptations, and those temptations are, are what every leader in companies deal with. I mean, it's really difficult to uh, feel like you want to lead a company and not and not try to build some of that empire for yourself. That is a huge temptation. Uh, God also uses these consequences to test the loyalty uh, of of us to Him, and as well as He He tested those in the nation of Israel to to who He was. And then He also showed this uh, interesting silver spoon mentality and how it doesn't build that same emotional commitment and obedience for a second generation. 
Uh, so, uh, you know, what does that really look like in our businesses? And owners and leaders, you know, I'm really great that God wrote this stuff down for us because some of us have had to learn this the hard way, and uh, it would be great if we all didn't have to learn it the hard way. So if we go back and we look at what that list was before, you know, if we're this visionary and we can't figure out how to keep everybody going in the same direction, but we've got this really great idea and we can't follow through, it's the flavor of the week. Now, you know, these are very practical things and, and difficult challenges that we have as business owners and leaders. And one of the things that I might suggest is that you identify in your company and in your groups who the visionaries are and who the doers are. Um, and, and I say that sort of tongue-in-cheek because the doers are saying, yeah, I know who the visionaries are because they never do. And the visionaries know who the doers are because they say, yeah, you know, I know who they are because they always get the work done and they never have any bright new new ideas. And now, now that is an overgeneralization and certainly not true in every organization, but that seems to be the battle that occurs internally in, in the dysfunction of teams. So I would, I would ask that you would just recognize that every one of us are talented in certain ways. Every one of us has been gifted by God to do certain things. It is the job of the leader... To, to empower that team to understand who is good at what and, and set them up for success. So, you know, find out who is good at that visionary, who is good at the following through, put them on the same team, get them to go around the same goal, and, and have that, that team launch in a way that empowers everybody to get their job done. I think that what you'll find is a relief for the visionary that, that they're actually getting something done and a better culture in, internally because the organization will understand that it's not the flavor of the week and that there is commitment to follow through and there's accountability in all of that. You know, and speaking of of uh, account accountability, the, I, what I find is there are really some fantastic minds and businesses, and some of those minds are these ultra visionaries, the ones that reach like 30 years into the future, and they put pie on pie in the sky. They're super optimistic. Um, you need to be able to develop a culture internally to allow that kind of creativity, because I think that 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 really helps the direction of an organization. But you need to have a level of accountability that has teams come in or individuals come in on a one-on-one -on -one basis to say, you know what, I really heard, I think that that's a great visionary idea. We need to figure out in practical terms how we get that done today. So let's come up with a game plan, whether it's a, a five-month, a ten-month, a three-year plan in order to accomplish this ultra-visionary goal. So, you know, those are, those are a couple of the things that you can do for those ultra-visionaries. Now, and it's also difficult when I said earlier that I struggle with idolatry. I, I think that if if all of us sort of sat and and uh, pondered it a little bit, we would feel kind of the same way. I mean, think about how many fra Facebook friends you might have. Do you have uh, Do you have a lot of Facebook friends? Are Facebook friends important to you? And if they are, you know, that sort of fame or wanting to be known or wanting to be liked, um, that can be a form of idolatry. Wanting to be approved by others rather than approved by our Creator is uh, is a big struggle because what we do then is we put the creation in front of the Creator. We we say that the creation's value of who we are is more important than the Creator. The same is true in business. If we are, um, you know, if we're happy about how many f uh, Facebook followers we have, how many Twitter followers we have, if we have what the, they call vanity, vanity metrics that we're playing into, rather than sit.
sitting and focusing on what God would have us plan to do with our business and follow through on it, that's a real struggle. So if that is a struggle, uh, what I would what I would have you do is is start to refocus where you get your value from, um, and that is that is to go back and start reading about what God's plan is for your life, and that is to dig into Scripture and understand that He created you, He understands who you are, and He created you in a certain way that you would accomplish His goals and you would accomplish His will. And, uh, and you know, if you have a great time doing it and understanding that you're within his will at the same time, then, then wonderful. Uh, but, but we are to serve our creator in, in the way that he, is, he has created us. Um, you know, it, the, other, the other question I have for you in, in business, and, and this, is, this is a real big problem in family-owned businesses, is how we compensate people, how we give them positions, how we advance individuals through the, through the organization. And that is, you know, do we really appreciate the owner sacrifice that was made uh, every day when we come to work? Uh, if you've ever started a brand new business, you know the sacrifice that's involved. You know what it feels like to take a second out on your house. You know what it feels like not to have enough money in the bank to feel like you can you can um, make payroll every month. You know what it feels like when the when the organization is coming to you and saying we need to invest in X, and you and you look back at your bank account and say I just don't have the cash flow necessary to do that. That is a huge commitment that you have made in order to accomplish your mission. Um, and and those those individuals who come into your company late later on after you've been well established don't have as much of a of an appreciation for what you've had to sacrifice uh, as an owner and what i would suggest that you do is you you do uh, a few things one is you stop the silver spoon mentality that is you do not give people more money cuz they've been hanging out longer than you you know than than the next guy you don't you don't uh, y- you compensate individuals for the weight of their role and how effective they are at accomplishing it and not in seniority don't give them money just because they exist it's performance based and and the weight of of their role and i say this uh, i'm i'm a specialist in project based businesses and some of those special the, some of the, the experiences i've had is there are individuals who have an administrative role in the company that work harder than those that have a technical role in the company and and what i mean by working harder is that their role is heavier they have a larger responsibility and if they don't do well the culture of the organization your reputation could go in the tank and we we in project-based businesses tend to find a way to justify compensating someone more on the technical side because we can bill them out at a higher rate. And uh, I think we have that sort of backwards. If you're a family-owned business and you're trying to put the, the, the next generation into ownership, my suggestion here is to ask for an investment. Ask for a major investment of their money, their time, and their energy, and work from the ground up in every position in that organization if you possibly can. What that does is it transfers that commitment and that understanding of the blood, sweat, and tears it took to establish the, the company. And, uh, and it allevi- alleviates uh, some of the pressure internally that you have in companies who look and say, yeah, I see that the son is going to take over, and that's really great that they went off somewhere to school. And 
and they're going to just walk in here. They don't appreciate who I am and what I do. Um, if you if you ask from the, for financial commitment, then um, you know that's one way to do it. The other way is uh, to get them into the organization at the bottom and work them all the way up, uh, and let them earn it, and let them earn it against the other people who are there in the company. There are probably really great people in the company, and there are other solutions than than just sort of anointing a, a, a new leader um, without them having um, having shown the chops in, in order to do the work. It should be performance based. So, you know, as a, as a, you know, families need to remember that that uh, there was a sacrifice involved, and and they are establishing a culture when they allow that kind of behavior. So, um, and the last bit is: Are you really creating this business empire for yourself? And I, I mean, really, are you are you creating it so that you can have the luxuries? Are you creating it so that you can have the stuff, or are you creating it in order to honor God? God paid a price for you. God paid a price for me, and I am so happy that he did because I am screwed up. I am really screwed up, and he knew the price that he paid for me before I screwed up. And I want to make sure that I honor God in what I do. Am I going to make mistakes? Absolutely. Have I been um, guilty of idolatry? Absolutely. Would I have been, do, been able to do an awful lot more for God's kingdom here on earth with the money that I spent on the cars and the suits and the jewelry and everything else? Yes, absolutely. Did I need all that stuff? I, I thought I did. I thought I did. I thought I needed it because I thought that my value came from that. And, uh, you know, it was a, a wake-up call when I realized that, um, you know, God loves me no matter what. No matter what kind of car I'm driving, no matter what color, color uh, uh, suit I have, no matter what my jewelry looks like, and no matter how many times I screw up. So, you know, my question to you as a business owner, you know, have you really kind of dedicated your company and the people who are with you to his glory? And if so, how great is that? I mean, imagine what work would really look like if you didn't have the reputation of being the, um, you know, the, the person that doesn't get anything done, the flavor of the week. I mean, imagine the kind of camaraderie you would have in your company if they came in behind you and said, you know what, I'm going to follow this person because this person finishes what they start. And what they said that they were going to start is sounds so great. I want to be a part of that. Imagine what life would be like if, if you were able to shed the burden of the idolatry that is, exists in, in your own head and in your own company. And imagine what life could be like if you are that family-owned business trying to elevate the company to the next generation and uh, allowed them to earn it and they were willing to commit like you did, um, the goals that they would establish for themselves would be so much bigger and we would be able to honor God in everything we do all day long. So next week we're going to go through the practical application of God's truth in business when we look at when ego drives the organization in the kingdom era. Remember that you can get and participate on facebook.com forward slash holyprophets or our new website, holyprophetsradio.com. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you and your business. Don't you worry, don't you worry, child. See, heaven's got a plan for